Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. I don't know how you would rank the funniest TV shows, uh, but to me, uh, the show Parks and Rec has to be near the, the top of the list. And if you've seen Parks and Rec, I'm sure you would agree. Uh, one of my favorite characters on the show is a guy named Ron Swanson. Um, if you haven't seen the, the show, Ron is this curmudgeon and uh, he's always grumpy and he just wants to be left alone. And, and he's the head of the local parks department, but he's a hardcore libertarian. So he actually doesn't even believe there should be a, a parks department. Uh, well, I thought about this great Ron Swanson quote as I was getting ready for the, the sermon this week. Um, there's one episode where Ron is, as usual, getting annoyed with his co-workers and, and their friendliness towards him. Uh, and he, he turns to the camera for an aside. And he says, the less I know about other people's affairs, the happier I am. I'm not interested in caring about other people. He says, I once worked with a guy for three years and never learned his name. Best friend I ever had. We still never talk sometimes. Well, the reason that, that that line is funny, at least I think it's funny, is because it's so obviously absurd, right? You, you can't call someone your friend if you never talk with them, um, because talking and, and communicating and sharing our thoughts and, and feelings, all of that is essential to what makes a friendship a friendship. Uh, in fact, you know, you, you can't really have any meaningful relationship with anyone unless you talk with them, and actually that act of communication, when you think about it, that's ultimately what sustains a relationship. It's what renews the, the sense of commitment that, that people share towards each other. Uh, that's why when I'm doing premarital counseling and I'm meeting with couples ahead of their wedding, I spend a, a lot of my time with them uh, trying to impress upon them the importance of, of just simply talking with each other. Um, because what I know and what many of you know and what they sometimes don't know is that if their relationship is going to endure for a lifetime, if, if it's going to endure all the ups and downs and, and the crazy unforeseen things that life is going to throw their way, then one thing they absolutely must do do is they must communicate. Um, you know, they, they're, they're going to need that sustenance. They're going to need that renewal of their commitment that comes from, from talking with each other. And so I'll often tell couples, and I think this is good advice for anyone in, in any romantic relationship, I'll tell them, you know, you, you need time on your schedule that is just one-on-one -on -one communication time. Uh, turn off the TV. Turn off the, the phones. Um, just talk to each other. Listen to each other. Share what's on your heart and, and what's on your mind. I'll tell them, you know, you can do this over a meal. You can do this while you're driving together on a, a long road trip or, or something. Uh, personally, for my wife and, and me, we found it super helpful to go on walks together. And, and I highly recommend that uh, because it gets you out away from the distractions and it forces you to breathe a, a little bit and, and you can just talk with each other. And I think my wife would agree that our relationship has tended to be the strongest in those seasons when we've consistently made time to, to go on those walks together. Why? Because talking with each other is what sustains our relationship and, and it renews the, the commitment that we share. 
But even if you're not in a, a romantic relationship, I mean, this, this same basic dynamic is, is just as true in our friendships as well, right? Uh, I mean, just show me one of your best friends and I'll show you somebody that you talk with on a regular basis. Um, that's not an accident. And, and it works the other way, too. And, and maybe you've had this experience where you have a friend, but then life gets busy and, and you know, things start getting in the way. You, you stop communicating as frequently. And then over time, uh, the friendship is just not quite as deep anymore. And then the, the commitment that you felt towards this person, it kind of starts to fade a little bit over time. It's because talking with each other sustains a relationship and, and it renews that sense of commitment. Well, I'm sure none of this is like shocking news to, to you, um, but I point this out this morning because this dynamic, it sheds some light on a very big question that I want us to think about together, um, a big question of faith. And maybe this is a question that you've wrestled with. Um, I can just about guarantee you that somebody you know and, and love has wrestled with this question before, that the question is, why should I talk with God? Why should I talk with God? In other words, why should I pray? Uh, now, I'm sure for some of you, uh, prayer comes very naturally, and, and you have never thought about not praying. But, but I think for a whole lot of us, prayer doesn't come very naturally. Uh, prayer can feel kind of awkward, kind of intimidating. Uh, sometimes it's hard to see what difference prayer makes. Maybe there's been a time in our past when we had an especially big, important prayer that, that seemed to go unanswered, um, or we think, you know, God already knows what I'm going to say anyway, right? So, so what's, the, what's the point of it? Uh, or sometimes we can think, you know, I know if I was going to pray, it would take time out of my day. It would take mental energy, and I already feel so low on, on time and, and energy. So, so what's the use? Why should I pray? It's a great question, and it's also a, a massive question. We could probably do a, a whole sermon series uh, on just that and, and still only scratch the, the surface. But for today, um, I, I want us to think about communication. I want us to think about the way that, that talking sustains our relationship with, with other people. And I want us to see that there's actually a very similar dynamic in our relationship with God, because when we can see that, it, it transforms our approach to prayer. It, it can transform how we relate to, to God, and, and it can help us to find peace and hope and, and confidence really in just about any situation that we could face. So we're going to explore that and, and dig a little bit deeper into that in just a second. Uh, but first, to catch you up, uh, if you haven't been with us in recent weeks, um, today we're wrapping up our sermon series called Devoted. Uh, over the last several weeks, we, we've been talking about how um, this is a season of great anxiety for so many of us because there's so many unknowns. This is a, a season of great uncertainty. And as we navigate all of this uncertainty, if we're not careful, uh, we can start to kind of lose sight of who we want to be and who we're called to be as we're working our way through all of this chaos surrounding the, the reopening process of different parts of our personal and, and professional lives, um, if we're not careful, we can accidentally start to become someone what we didn't intend 
to be. That's true for us as individuals, and it's true for us collectively as a church community uh, as well. And so in this series, um, we're, we're trying to learn from the example of the very first Christians, because those very first Christians, uh, they faced anxiety and uncertainty like we can only imagine. And yet in the face of that, they didn't lose sight of their identity. And they didn't compromise uh, on their mission when it would have been so easy for them to, to do so. Um, and in this series, we've been looking at four specific habits, four practices that help those first Christians to stay devoted because those same practices can help us to stay devoted as well. Uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says this about those first Christians. It says, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. Uh, in this series so far, we've talked about the apostles' teaching, we've talked about community and shared meals, and, and today we're talking about prayer and the way that talking to God keeps us devoted, especially uh, in, in challenging times, uh, in difficult times, uncertain times, like the, the times we're living through right now. Well, as I said before, uh, there is so much we could say about prayer and why it matters and, and why we should do it. But, but for today, I want us to focus on this one thing. That is, talking with God reminds us of God's commitment to us, and it renews our commitment to God. I'll say that again. Talking with God reminds us of God's commitment to us, and it renews our commitment to God. Uh, it's not exactly the same as our human relationships because God stays just as committed to us whether we talk with God or not. God's commitment to us never, never fades, but it's similar to our human relationships in that talking with God reminds us that God is committed and it helps us to, to renew the commitment that we have to God and the relationship uh, that we gain by talking with God that sustains us. It keeps us devoted, especially in times of uncertainty, like the times we're in right now. Now to see how this works in practice, I want us to look at the example of one of Jesus's original disciples, because this is a guy who learned in a very, very powerful way the difference that it makes when we talk with God. And I find his story super helpful uh, for myself, and, and I think you will as well. Some of you may know this, uh, but way back at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, I wonder if you remember the very first person that Jesus called to be a disciple. It was a guy named Simon. Uh, Simon was a fisherman, and he had heard Jesus preach, and then he had this encounter with Jesus, and, and Jesus ultimately said to him, come and, and follow me. And so Simon and uh, his brother Andrew as well, they left their fishing business behind. They, they went and became Jesus's very first disciples. Uh, and then they, they followed Jesus uh, over the, the next three years, and as they did that, Simon emerged as kind of the leader among the disciples. Uh, he was far from perfect. He was uh, a bit impulsive, but, but Simon was bold and he was committed. And in fact, because of that boldness, because of that commitment, Jesus gave him a nickname. Jesus started calling him Peter, uh, which essentially means the rock or, or Rocky. Um, if that makes you think of Sylvester Stallone or Dwayne Johnson, I'm pretty sure Peter was not as ripped as those guys. The weight rooms at not been invented yet, uh, but I digress. The, the point is that Peter was a solid disciple. But then, but then came the night that Jesus got arrested. 
Some of you know this story, but Jesus and the disciples are eating the Last Supper together. And while they're eating, Jesus knows that he's getting ready to be arrested, and, and not long after that, he'll be killed. And, and Jesus kind of calls the disciples out at one point during the meal. He, he says, you know, uh, every single one of you is going to deny me. Every single one of you is actually going to fall away when the going gets tough here. And Peter's offended by that, and he argues with Jesus, and he's like, no, 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 Jesus, you know, maybe these other lesser disciples would fall away, but not me, you know, I'm Peter. I'm the rock, okay, Jesus, like, even if I have to die with you, I would never, ever deny you, Jesus. Well, fast forward a few hours after that, and, and by that point, Jesus has been arrested, and it's looking like the end is near for Jesus And suddenly, Peter is faced with a whole lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty about what's going to happen to Jesus. Uncertainty about what's going to happen to himself. And uncertainty about what all of this means. And and in the face of that uncertainty, uh, Peter is suddenly hit with this wave of overwhelming anxiety. And and in the face of that, that, the same thing happens to Peter that can sometimes happen to you. And to me, Peter starts to become someone he didn't intend to be. Uh, it's nighttime, and Jesus is locked up, and Peter is outside the, the jail building. He's kind of lurking around in the darkness to, to figure out what's, what's going to happen. And while he's out there, um, this, this servant girl happens to walk by, and she recognizes Peter. And instead of just going on her way and, and minding her own business, she decides to call Peter out. And so she starts pointing at him, and she's like, hey, everybody over here, look, this guy, this guy is a follower of Jesus. Come check this out. And this curious crowd starts to form around Peter, and he gets so scared in this moment that he denies even knowing Jesus, much less being a follower of Jesus. In fact, this loudmouth servant girl causes Peter to deny Jesus three times in a row, and we're told that he even throws in some cuss words for emphasis. I don't bleeping know him, Peter says. All this on the same night. Just a, you know, a few hours earlier, he had told Jesus that, that he would die before he would ever deny Jesus. So after that experience, uh, Peter is, is immediately full of guilt and, and shame and, and regret, and he kind of slinks off into the night. And we don't know where Peter goes, um, but we don't hear from Peter the whole time that Jesus is being killed. In fact, we don't hear from Peter again until after Jesus is raised. So much for being the leader of the disciples. So much for being the rock, right? Well, what does all this have to do with with prayer and talking to God and and staying devoted? Well, fortunately for Peter, that was not the end of his story. Uh, A little while after Easter, after Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, there was one morning, it was early, and Jesus was hanging out with all of the disciples. They were having breakfast together on the beach uh, by the Sea of of Galilee. Um, And apparently, Peter hadn't really talked with Jesus yet. He hadn't really talked with Jesus in a a one-on-one kind of a way since that whole denial thing went down. And and we can imagine Peter was ashamed and and embarrassed, and it's understandable that he was kind of avoiding a a one-on-one conversation with Jesus. And so after breakfast, um, Jesus takes it upon himself to to initiate a conversation with Peter. Jesus says, Simon, uh, let's walk and and let's talk. So Peter gets up and and he and Jesus start walking together down the beach, just just the two of them. And now watch 
Watch what happens in this conversation as Peter spends a few minutes just talking with Jesus. This is from John chapter 21. It's the the passage that Minoka read to us earlier uh, in the service today. Uh, Jesus starts this conversation and and he calls Peter by his full name. Uh, Jesus says, Simon Johnson, uh, do you love me more than these? Meaning, do you love me more than people and, and what they think of you and, and what, they can, what they can do to you? And, and Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. P- Peter calls Jesus Lord, which means master. In this context, it, it means God. And, and Peter affirms his love for Jesus here. So already at the beginning of this conversation, Peter finds himself renewing his commitments to Jesus. And then Jesus says to Peter, okay, Simon, feed my lambs. Meaning, Peter, lead my people, be a shepherd, be a pastor for this new community called the church. Do you see what's happening? Jesus is reminding Peter that Jesus is still committed to him. That even though Peter had turned away, God hadn't turned away from him. Peter didn't lose God's love. In fact, Peter didn't even lose his purpose, his calling that God had for him. Jesus is reaffirming his commitment to Peter as they walk and as they talk together. And then as as they keep walking and and keep talking, Jesus ends up asking Peter the the same exact question all over again. He says, Simon, do you love me? And again, Peter renews his commitment to Jesus. And and again, Jesus renews his commitments to Peter. And then they they walk a little bit further as they, they keep talking. And Jesus asks the same question for a third time. Simon, do you love me? And I love Peter's response the third time. He goes, Lord, you know everything. Uh, Peter's saying, Jesus, you already know everything that I'm going to say, and it's not anything that I haven't already said before. But it's like Jesus is saying, I I know, Simon, but we're we're having a conversation here. And I want to hear you say it, and you need to hear you say it. So Peter says for a third time, Lord, you know that I love you. And then to, to end this conversation, Jesus actually repeats those very same words that he had said to Peter three years ago, those very same words that Jesus had used to call Peter to be a disciple in the first place, Jesus says, follow me, follow me. It's like Jesus is saying to Peter, look, uh, you are going to face uncertainty again, and you're going to face anxiety again. That's just part of life. That's part of, of ministry. But next time when it happens, he's saying, from now on, remember, Peter, that I've got you. I've got you. Trust me. Stick with me. Follow me. Remember, Peter, I've got you in the good times. I've got you in the bad times. I've got you even in death itself. So just follow me. Follow me. Well, Peter leaves that conversation uh, feeling refreshed and renewed and, and refocused because talking with Jesus had reminded him of his commitment to God. It, it had renewed that commitment. And it reminded him of God's commitment to him as well. And talking with Jesus was so helpful. And it was so important that in the months that followed, in the years that followed, when Peter became the the leader of those very first Christians, and when those very first Christians faced this overwhelming anxiety and, and uncertainty, Peter knew what to do. And as their leader, he made sure that one of the one of the things that those first Christians prioritized was prayer. It was prayer because Peter had learned from experience that talking with God is one of the best ways to stay devoted. That even though we're never telling God anything that God doesn't already know, 
that even though we can't always see the impact of our prayers, that even though sometimes our prayers aren't answered in the ways that we want and we don't know why, still, still talking with God reminds us of God's commitment to us. And it renews our commitment to God and that keeps us devoted, that keeps us living the life that we were created for, even as we navigate all kinds of obstacles and and challenges that we may face. Talking with God kept those first Christians devoted. And that's part of the reason why you and I have heard of Jesus today. It's part of why we know about God's unconditional love today because they stayed devoted and talking with God can help us to stay devoted as well. So I don't know where you're at uh, in terms of your uh, prayer life. Maybe you're somebody who prays all the time, and, and that's great. Maybe you're somebody who never prays or, or only rarely prays. Uh, maybe you're somewhere in between. But wherever you're at in your prayer life, I want to encourage you this morning to, to take the next step. Take the next step. And I don't know what the next step is for, for you. It's going to be different for, for each one of us. Um, but, but if you're somebody who, who never prays or, or rarely prays, Maybe the next step for you is, is just to, to carve out like 15 minutes a week. You know, just to, to turn off all the screens, get away from all the distractions, and just share your heart with God. If you're somebody who prays uh, sporadically, maybe the next step for you is to try to make daily prayer a part of your daily rhythm, a part of your routine, that you can be intentional about it in that way. If you're somebody who already prays every day, uh, maybe the next step for you is to try some new forms of prayer. Or, or perhaps it's, you know, thinking honestly about what part of my heart, what part of my life am I not really talking with God about? How can I share more of myself with God? Uh, now, some of you may be thinking, uh, hey, look, Daniel, uh, I don't know what to say to God, and uh, I'm really not sure how to listen for God. I wouldn't know how to pray even if I, if I wanted to. And if that's you, I'm so glad that you're watching this service today, um, because in a bit I'm going to tell you about two new resources that we've got just for you. In a little bit, I'm going to tell you about a new podcast series that we've got just for you. I'm going to tell you about a new prayer group that we've got just for you, so so keep watching, and uh, I'll tell you more about those in just a, a minute. But as we're all navigating this uncertain time, uh, this time when I know many of us are feeling anxiety about a lot of different things in our lives, my prayer for us is that we'll continue to stay devoted to God and to God's calling for us as individuals and and as a church community as well. And if we keep learning from the example of those first Christians, if we can keep learning about Jesus, if we can keep sharing meals as we have opportunities and and gathering together in the way that we can, and and if, like we talked about today, if we can keep praying and, and talking to God, then that'll make us a beacon of hope during this time. And we can continue to to reflect the unconditional, inclusive love of God. We can share this message that the world around us so desperately needs to hear now as much as ever. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and and loving God, generous God, you know all of the uncertainty that we face right now, Lord. Uh, We're in this time when some parts of our lives seem to be getting back to, to normal and other parts of our lives are anything but normal, and we're in this, this messy middle. We've got all this gray area. We can't see very far into the future uh, in many ways, God, but we know that you're with us, and we ask your help in, in keeping us devoted to you. 
and to the mission that you've given us so that we can keep living the life that you've created us to live so that we can keep making a difference in the lives of those that you've sent us uh, to, to share your message with, your message of, of inclusive and, and unconditional love, God. Keep us faithful and true to that, and we know that you'll continue to guide us. We thank you for that, Lord. So thank you for the wisdom that you give us, the love that you give us, and the guidance that you, with us, that you give us. Uh, God, thank you for your presence with us and journeying with us through all of it. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kindred Church Podcast. If this episode was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.